and welcome to a very special episode of the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Adam Beagle, and I'm your host. Today, I have a very special guest. Dennis Zinna, creator of Moirai Games, is joining me today to talk a bit about Monster Sanctuary. Uh, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I can't wait to talk to you about your game. Uh, how are you doing today? Thanks. I'm, I'm good. I'm also happy to be here. Well, I just, uh, you know, maybe a week or two ago, found out about the release of Monster Sanctuary. I know it, it released earlier in December. I just kind of found out about it a couple weeks ago, and I, I just absolutely fell in love with the game. And um, so it was something that I kind of wanted to do sort of a review on myself, and I thought to myself, well, hey, maybe we can talk with the creator of the game and get a little bit of insight into into the process and the making and things like that. So uh, this is really, really special and uh, really a great moment for me. And again, just thank you so much. So um, before we get into talking about the game, I'd like to kind of get to know you a little bit better, maybe have the listeners get to know you a little bit better, your background some. Um, so making games is really cool. Um, I, I love video games. Obviously, the show is called Games Are Fun. Uh, so, w- what what got you started into uh, game creation? Um, yeah, it started quite long ago, actually, for me. It's um, all the way uh, when I got to know about video games when I was like uh, uh, very young. I uh, yeah. Like I had these ideas of games, and I tried to draw levels on paper and stuff. And um, when we, my family got uh, some um, PCs and internet for the first time, that was like uh, 2001, I think. Um, I uh, got uh, my hands on a, a tool called RPG Maker. And uh, I started to do some JRPGs with it. And this is uh, basically where it started for me. I was still in school back then. And yeah, I did it as a hobby. And uh, uh, later on I uh, studied um, some uh, something that was somewhat related to it. It was uh, uh, media computer science. You could translate it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and... Uh, after that, when I finished, it was 2010, I started a job as a programmer, game programmer. That's uh, basically how I got into game development. That's awesome. So it was pretty much something you had in the plan for for some time then. Uh, yeah, I, I when, when I did it as a hobby, I actually, yeah, sure, I had this dream that maybe I, I could work on video games, but I was quite skeptical uh, that I, um, I, 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 for some reason I thought, okay, this is quite unrealistic to to actually do. And when I studied, actually, I also had um, other jobs in mind, so just a normal programming job or something with uh, art art related graphic graphic designer or something like that. That's why. I choose like this uh, rather broad uh, subject that could cover a lot of different things because I was not sure what to do. And actually, it was when I started to look for uh, some first um, 
uh, internships that uh, we had to do during the studying mm -hmm. that I uh, found out actually there are quite a lot of uh, 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 game developer studios uh, uh, out there that are looking for intern interns. So I <laughs> that's how I basically got into it and actually realized uh, it's actually not that far off to work as a game developer. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I want to kind of go back a little bit. I know you had mentioned about, uh, you know, you were kind of into creating JRPGs and, and you were using RPG Maker. It was something uh, that the first RPG Maker, uh, I, I kind of dabbled with that a little bit myself. I never actually finished a project that I started, but that's really cool that, that that's kind of how you got your start with it. And I think now they, they've made so many iterations of that and so many upgrades, like hopefully that's still a tool that's inspiring people to create video games. But, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting that that's kind of how you, you got involved. So are, are JRPGs, is that kind of like your, is that like your favorite genre of video game? Um, it was uh, definitely uh, like in the 90s and early 2000s so when i got my hands on jrpgs yeah i i was heavily into jrpgs and i still like them but i don't play them that much anymore i uh, i uh, i'm uh, more also into other genres uh yeah but they are still, I, I'd say, among my favorite genres. Okay. Like, what yeah, if I had to say some of my favorite games the recent years, I'd say it was uh, Dead Cells, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and uh, all the Dark Souls games. So those were among my favorite games the recent years. Nice. There's some amazing choices. I, I love all of those <laughs> myself. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was actually going to be my next question: is what are you what are you playing now? But yeah, that um, yeah, those are really great options. They're very diverse uh, options too, which is really nice. Um, so you had mentioned uh, you know about getting your your internship and in, you know sort of getting your foot in the door with video games. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about maybe? Uh, you know, kind of how, how that process played out or, or maybe what projects you were working on or essentially what you were doing before you created Moirai Games. Uh, yeah, sure. I had like my first, first internship, I think it was 2007. It was at a company that uh, developed mobile games. Uh, back then it was not smartphones, but the old phones, like okay. the Nokia phones and yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was quite uh, quite interesting. Uh, I It was like a half year, and during this time I made a small full game, because the games for those phones were quite, quite simple overall. Uh, they were... Yeah, y you could program... Like I, I programmed one alone in the yeah for like four or five months in that company during an internship. Uh, yeah, there was uh, some other guys who did music and visuals, uh, but yeah, it it was quite cool. Um, later on, I did a second internship that was uh, I think 2009. 
uh, at a company who worked on a Wii game. Uh, it was it was a casual game. It was called Chick Chick Boom, um, and uh, I stayed with that company after the internship. Like I uh, I did my uh, thesis there, and uh, also started my uh, full time uh, work in that company. Uh, yeah, it was a great time. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, sadly. That game was not super successful, and uh, it it was a company that actually uh, was uh, working on Flash websites back then, mm -hmm. and this was like a side gig for them. So uh, they didn't do games that much anymore afterwards, and uh, I joined. Uh, actually, I had a half year uh, working as a web developer after that. But yeah, that was something I didn't like as much, so I mm -hmm. got back into game dev and uh, joined another company where I worked on uh, some Might and Magic games and uh, Tropico 6. That was oh, awesome. like for five or six years I worked there. So for quite some time. I worked there as a yeah ga game programmer. And... Uh, when I still worked on in that company, at some point, yeah, I started working on Monster Sanctuary as a hobby project on the side. That was in 2015, and uh, it evolved into yeah, like a full-time project over time. Like it, uh, I received a lot of positive feedback posting about it online, and at some point I quit the job and went for a Kickstarter mm -hmm. that was quite successful and yeah since then uh, it's been a bit more than two years uh, I'm working full-time on Monster Sanctuary. <laughs> That's great so uh, so what was your what, what was your experience like with Kickstarter obviously you know you you achieved your your goal and more you're able to release your your sort of passion project um, so I, I guess you know that was a pretty positive experience for you. Uh, yeah, definitely. Overall, I mean, it's uh, it's a great possibility. Like, uh, if someone like myself, I I I never got a lot of uh, uh, funds to. I I would not quit a job. Uh, like, I I could not quit a job and uh, like sustain myself without the Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, most of the Game dev jobs are not paid that well, <laughs> um, so it's uh, a great pos possibility for me to actually be able to work on a project full time, because people trust in me that it's a cool game and that I can finish it. And yeah, I mean it's a lot of additional work as well, the running the Kickstarter all the marketing to mm -hmm. do and also managing all the backers all the time like you get a lot of emails of, from people asking stuff or um, asking like where are my keys because the mail got into spam folder or so yeah but mm -hmm. overall it's uh, yeah worth it because 
I mean, if you're successful, because yeah, there are a lot of Kickstarter campaigns that fail, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, I'm glad it worked out, because uh, again, now we all get to experience your your really great game, uh, Monster Sanctuary, and we're, we'll be getting to that very soon. Uh, just a couple other questions I did have for you, uh, you know, personally, so just sort of things I, I think would be interesting to know. So if you weren't into... Uh, game development or you know game creation what would you want to do what would be your your other passion that would that you would follow if not for video games i guess i would be just a normal programmer and working on some uh software uh, because yeah pro programming is something that i enjoy a lot and that i was quite good in like uh when i studied um I uh, I realized that I'm a lot better in programming than the art-related stuff, and uh, yeah, I mean for Monster Sanctuary I did uh, most of the pixel art myself, but uh, yeah, this was something I improved on a lot during the project, and but it's still uh, I'd say uh, it's 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 okay level mm -hmm. for. Uh, but it's not quite on this uh, professional pixel artist level. Oh, I think it looks fantastic. I I yeah, actually <laughs> adore the the style. I mean, you did you did an amazing job. It it really uh, you know because it's the the gameplay and and the art style. It all just really you know spoke to me individually, and I, I'm I'm assuming that it is for a lot of pe other people as well. But yeah, that's really cool that um, you know that that programming is you know, just in general, like not even necessarily just video games, but just in, in general and with other software is, you know, that that's kind of where you, you kind of have a laser focus on that. And, you know, that's something that not everybody has, you know, that, that, that dedication, just, you know, when you know, you know, you know, uh, with that career path. So, you know, cause you have people that, you know, sort of go in between things, but yeah, being able to have that one steady, just, you know, constant, feeling of this is what I want to do. That's, that's really great. Um, so next thing then, uh, again, before we really get into talking about the game is, uh, not including any game that you worked on. So, so unfortunately we have to rule out monster sanctuary for this question, <laughs> but, uh, what's your favorite game of all time? Uh, <laughs> it's really difficult to name just one. Um, it uh, used to be uh, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VII oh, for a long time. Fantastic. <laughs> and recently, maybe Dark Souls 3. That was mm -hmm. the first Dark Souls I played. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, those uh, first two, you really got Chrono Trigger, probably my... my uh, most favorite JRPG of all time, Final Fantasy VII being, you know, probably top three or top five. So those are great. Dark Souls, uh, Dark Souls three, you know, that was one that, uh, that I really enjoyed too. Um, if you haven't tried Bloodborne yet, I highly recommend it. If you oh, like, I, I played it. Yes. <laughs> did, did you like it? Yes. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> is an absolutely amazing game right there. I, I, I played, uh, I started a bit late, yeah, with Dark Souls 3, but yeah, I played all the Souls games afterwards. Okay, cool. Very nice. Um, 
so yeah, so so thanks for for indulging me and and letting us know a little bit more about you. Um, but now you know we can really talk about Monster Sanctuary, which uh, sure. again I you know you'll you'll probably hear me gush about it a bit. Um, so <laughs> hopefully um, hopefully you're good at taking compliments because you'll probably get a lot of them here. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kind of give a little bit of a background for people that don't know. Um, Monster Sanctuary is is sort of a, a cross genre of um, monster um, monster raising and uh, Metroidvania uh, experiences kind of wrapped into one game, which are two games that I absolutely love. You, you take RPGs, uh, monster raising, and and Metroidvania type games, and and that's just speaking my language right there. So I was pretty much instantly on board when I when I found out about it. Um, is there any anything else that you would maybe your anything that I haven't touched on that you would like to or feel that would be a good description of the game? Yeah, I'd say like one additional focus is that it's somewhat challenging overall. So I I describe it as a bit of a difficult game. Mm-hmm. That's something that. Uh, uh, when I played some of the re- recent Pokemon games that I uh, really dislike, how they how easy they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would I would agree it is challenging. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of went into it expecting sort of that Pokemon experience, like you know you you get to a point you get your team and then you can just kind of steamroll everything, and that's not the case in this game. Uh, there is definitely some challenge to it, but. The, the upside to it is, and it kind of like that feeling with Dark Souls, right? It's a very challenging game, but when you overcome those challenges, it's, a, it's extremely rewarding. Um, and that's, that's exactly the kind of challenge reward experience that we, that we get with Monster Sanctuary 2, which is really neat. Um, so a, again, you know, obviously, you know, things, people can draw easy comparisons to Pokemon, Metroid, you know, those uh, exploratory Castlevania type games. Are there any other games that you feel really influenced the creation of Monster Sanctuary? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd say like the JRPG genre overall, maybe, but yeah. Uh, no specific games, like maybe uh, a bit of uh, like, like, there are a lot of games that uh, I played that yeah, inspired it. Like there are some elements of uh, Ragnarok Online. There are some elements of Azure Dreams that is a uh, quite old uh, monster taming game for the PlayStation One that was not so popular, uh, but I played a lot. <laughs> yeah, there are a, 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 a lot of games mm. like that inspired it in some way. Okay. Now I, I know we talked a little bit earlier about how you, you know, fired up a Kickstarter campaign to sort of get the ball rolling on this. Um, and then uh, from what I understand, this was in early access for a little bit, correct? Yes, it was uh, a bit more than a year in Steam early access. Okay. It, it, yeah. So so how was the experience of releasing the game into early access versus waiting for it to be fully completed? How did how did that work for you? Uh yeah, I uh, I uh, think that worked out really well. I uh, really enjoyed uh, working and getting this feedback already before the game is finished. Like, um, 
I think this is uh, quite uh, crucial uh, how the game turned out to be that uh, uh, yeah based on the feedback that we receive we can improve or change things and make it for the better or include suggestions that people come up with that uh, like uh, I I think I would no, never develop a game that I like do for myself until it is 100% and then I just show it off because uh, that would be really scary mm -hmm. like I I think I need this mass of feedback to know like are we going into the right direction or not so do you feel that was a better option than going with say like a demo or or some sort of like well i access? i we, we did basically uh, both because i released a demo even before uh the kickstarter okay and yeah it's it's similar yes but uh uh when we just released the demo, I didn't get as much eyes on it as we did during the, uh, the uh, early access because, uh, yeah, by uh, having it, it on the Steam shop, it will automatically uh, be brought to attention to a lot more people. So it's like a completely different level of uh, feedback that you get. And especially it's also a bit different because people actually pay for it. So they are a bit more critical mm -hmm. than uh, people who just play a free demo. Because uh, most of those who don't like it will not complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> you will only hear the, the people who like it and uh, want to invest more time into being a part of the community and give feedback yeah sure yeah that makes sense absolutely um now also the the way i came across this game was uh with its inclusion on on xbox game pass so for those that have game pass they have a library of games through through microsoft that they can just access at no additional cost so it was a uh, a, a good way also, also a good way to kind of try the game um, without the additional investment, I will say that I bought the Switch version then. Um, so you cool. could say in a way I, I double dipped on it because it's a game that just feels absolutely perfect on Switch. I found myself, you know, I was playing it on PC and I'm like, okay, this, you know, this is fun, but there's times that I have to pull myself away from the PC, you know, and, and this was a game. It's like, I want to be able to play this anywhere I go. Uh, so I did buy it on Switch and I'm so glad that I did because I have been playing, you know, playing in bed, played on the couch, you know. Um, it, it, I can literally take this game anywhere, which is uh, amazing. So I did get that, but it did, you know, having it on Game Pass, I think, gave it a, a little bit more visibility for me. Um, but can you tell me a little bit more about maybe um, working with Microsoft to get your game on Game Pass? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it's <laughs> I wasn't involved as much personally because uh, uh, during the Kickstarter back then, we had Team17 join us as a publisher and uh, this is something that they covered, like okay. they they got uh, the game onto Game Pass and they got like a really good deal for us out of it. Mm -hmm. So people should not feel bad that they played for free because we get paid like a 
a flat fee for the game being on Game Pass and uh, I describe it's an offer we cannot <laughs> um, reject mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it also gets like a lot of visibility because like a lot of people will play it because yeah they get it kind of for free. Sure. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. Um, I, I think part of it too is that there's you know with Game Pass it, it's sort of like a you know automatic game curation right where with steam there's there's games constantly being re released on steam that visibility can be really hard to find you know to to yes. find that sort of diamond in the rough to find that gem so again yeah I, you know I, I i pulled up game pass just to see what what was new on there um the 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 cover art for the game immediately struck me i'm like okay this already looks cool like what's this about and you know and you go check the trailers and it's like wow this this looks like a game for me. <laughs> so yeah, it gave me that, that option to, to download it and try it. And <clears throat> like I said, I was instantly hooked on it. So, um, so yeah, I was kind of interested to, to, to know what that process was like working with Microsoft, but yeah, it sounds like it was more on the, you know, the, the publisher making that, that deal for you. But again, um, glad that it, that it worked out that way. I'm glad to hear too, that, um, you know, that, that a good deal was made because I think there's there's oftentimes maybe people um, in situations might feel a little bit guilty, like, okay, this game's really great, but, you know, should I go buy it on another store to support the develop developer? Which I'm sure, you know, um, isn't isn't bad by any means if people do that, right? But, you know, yeah, in, sure. in my case, uh, getting it on Switch was, was just, you know, a, an amazing option for me because, like I said, I when I had to pull myself away from the computer and I didn't have the option to, to be sitting at my computer and playing, um, it, I was just, you know, it, it was just the perfect experience. This is a, uh, it, it feels right at home on the switch. So I, you know, it was definitely worth, uh, worth the purchase. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, uh, switch is like the perfect console for it. And it's, uh, really popular on the switch. Yeah. Good, good. So when you started uh, developing this game, the, the Switch probably wasn't out yet. Um, was, it, was it tough to, to transition to get this game ready for Switch? Um, yeah, when I, when I started, I uh, really didn't think that this uh, would be released on the consoles. Or I, I was uh, quite skeptical overall that... Uh, it would be actually uh, uh, like a commercial, commercially successful game that uh, I could uh, afford working uh, full time on. It was really more of a hobby when I started, so <laughs> I didn't think about uh, like if it will be released on uh, Switch or other consoles at some point. Uh, but yeah, luckily I uh, I really like working with Unity as an engine. And it makes porting to platforms really quite quite easy, actually. Uh, I mean, we, it was still something that uh, uh, our publisher was involved with. Like, they took uh, um, the porting to consoles and uh, the Game Pass version. So I could focus uh, on just making the game itself. But still, it it was quite straightforward for them to port the game to the consoles. I mean, it, I I was still somewhat involved, like uh, 
here and there they needed to know this and that about the code uh, yeah so there's there's a lot of monsters uh in this game uh, there's just just over a hundred i believe at at the moment um do you have a favorite <laughs> uh probably spectral wolf okay that was that was my starter i i chose <laughs> and I'm, uh pretty pretty glad that i did yeah cool um I, I think for me, just and I haven't I haven't completed the game yet. I will say that I'm I'm still you know just kind of taking my time with it, uh, trying to build my team and everything. And I will say uh, one of one of my most uh, one of my MVPs has got to be Tengu. Um, mm-hmm. Just yeah, I I also like to use him a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very very strong. Um, and I will say one of the things uh, you know that makes this a little bit different from your um, your sort of run-of-the-mill monster taming game is that you have the ability to sort of customize your your team, your monsters. As they level up, they get skill points that you can use to invest in certain active and passive abilities that um, really sort of, you know, can make that monster feel unique to the play style that you want them to have, uh, which I think is really cool. This is a... when When I think, you know... JRPGs, right? There's there's typically a lot of menuing involved, uh, which is actually something I really enjoy about RPGs. And this is a a, uh, a menuer's dream um, because of all the customization options. You can equip them with uh, weapons and accessories that increase certain stats. Um, you can put in the skill points, as I mentioned. You know, every every set of ten levels, you know, a new branch of that tree opens up, and there's you know, upgrades and new abilities that you can choose from. And um, it's it's just really, uh, it, it feels really fresh in, in doing that. That was that was a really nice mechanic to add in there, the, the extra customization. Because normally, you know, with a lot of these games, you know, you get the monsters, you level them up, they, you know, they, they sort of evolve on their own. Uh, they have a set skill list that they, they acquire. Maybe sometimes you can customize a little bit but not to the degree that that we see here so um i think that was a really great uh design uh decision was there anything that um any inspiration that you got from that or is that just something that you know you've always wanted from monster taming games how did you come to that uh yeah i think this was quite a focal point of the game like uh I didn't really try to copy like Pokemon or so, but uh, really when I started working on the project, I um, designed it in a way that I would enjoy playing the game and I like really like to have like stuff like skill trees and uh, yeah, being able to customize your stuff with equipment, like adds more strategy into it, like... uh, uh, and more complexity, like uh, you don't feel like uh, uh, no matter what you do, you get through, but you actually need to try to understand uh, all the skills and all the synergies and how all this works together. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's a like it has, of course, the downsides that it will make the game too complicated, too complex, or too difficult for certain people, uh, but yeah, I, I guess you cannot make it right for everyone, but yeah, 
I'm I'm glad there are people out there like me who really enjoy like uh if uh it has more complexity and more strategy strategic depth. Yeah, absolutely. And and so kind of um continue continuing on on that. I know we talked a little bit earlier about the uh the challenge of the game. So um this game focuses very heavily on status effects um that can really uh, very easily change the flow of the battle. It's not just your standard, you know, go in and and hit an attack button, right? You're not just going all out offensive. You really have to plan, you know, what are the best debuffs in this situation or what are the best buffs to use in this situation? And, you know, your your active and passive abilities and the equipment that you put on your monsters are uh, very crucial to to creating that flow, Um and and getting a team that has a has a flow and the synergies like you said um so for those that you know and again you when you're in a in a battle and you know maybe you're you're getting heavily bombarded with some debuffs that can just turn the tide of battle very very quickly um and you have to be able to manage that so i guess um do you have any and again, I, I think I think it's great. I, I have a blast with it. <laughs> there are times where it's like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get through this fight? Um, but do you have any tips for those that may find the, the combat a little too challenging? Uh, well, uh, overall tips I'd say is just be open to try around. Like uh, also... Um, like if you get stuck with uh, one certain area of the game uh, don't feel forced that you have to beat it now like uh, we try to keep the game quite open so if you are getting stuck in one certain area you can just go explore elsewhere and uh, maybe discover new monsters, find new equipments, find out about new synergies between monsters. Uh, so either way you might get stronger monsters or you just uh, naturally just uh, get more experience uh, how to do stuff better. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a difficult topic of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a game about like... Uh, reading the skills, trying to understand the skills and trying to figure out uh, synergies and uh, it's uh, like a lot of logic involved, like you don't put like full offensive gear on a monster that is uh, only using uh, support skills and not actually doing any real damage, like stuff like this. I mean there, there are a lot of uh, things that you can do wrong or bad and yeah it's <laughs> many feel like uh okay it's uh like uh the game's fault it's uh it's uh, impossible to beat this guy and stuff yeah we, we get quite a bit of uh, whining here and there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's okay. uh it's not it's not quite as straightforward as dark souls where you can very clear see visually that yeah you have to dodge this attack <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i think that was all great advice too you know <clears throat> because it's it's 
you know, kind of taking that Metroidvania part of it where the the game isn't necessarily linear. You can go to other places and, and explore and find new gear and treasure and things and uh, new monsters that, you know, have not only different combat abilities, but also exploration abilities too. So you have some that, you know, can, can uh, activate certain switches or some that can give you a little bit of a... Uh, you know, gliding ability to help you reach new new places, um, which I think is really neat that that your uh, exploration isn't tied necessarily to progressive items like you would find in say like a Metroid game, um, but to the the monsters that you collect. And there's so many of them. Of course, there are some overlaps in uh, you know the the overworld abilities. So you're not necessarily like, okay, I need to find this very specific one to be able to, to overcome this obstacle. But yeah, the, the exploration being able to go, cause that happened to me, actually, I, I ran into, and I don't want to, you know, get into any spoilers for anybody that might be listening to, but I found, uh, an area of the game that I went to, I'm like, Oh, this place looks, it's very aesthetically pleasing. The music was, was just so, um, okay. I'll just say it. It's the sun palace. Um, <laughs> It's not super, I guess, not terribly far into the game, um, but it was an area that I went to. It looks looks really nice, and the music, I have to say, it it, it felt like it was, it kind of reminded me of a track from Chrono Trigger, and I loved it. <laughs> um, but I, I went in there the, the first time, and I got into my first battle, and I'm like, you know what? This might be a little too much. I, I think... So this game, there's there's some level scaling, right? So, it, you know, the area that you go into is the, the level of the monsters is going to be somewhat dependent on the level of your your monsters that you have in your group, correct? No, not quite. It's uh, actually dependent on how much um, you have explored of the game. Oh. So it's not dependent on your monster levels. Like... Uh, I I think that was quite a smart way to keep the game open, but uh, still have a good balance. Like uh, if you explore one area first and then the second area, then naturally the monsters in this first area will be lower level in, than the ones in the second area. If someone does it vice versa, it will be actually vice versa for him. So uh, yeah, it basically depends on how how many. Uh, rooms you explore that contain uh, monster encounters. Okay. So, now, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because yeah, I I'm I'm not a fan of uh, games where uh, enemies scale to your level to your monsters level because yeah, it feels like uh, it's uh, it's like killing your effort to level up your monsters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now, do any of these areas have like a a base level to the monster that you run into like yes there are also like some minimum levels in mm-hmm. some areas that might be something that happened maybe to you that if you went to sun palace really early yeah that they were maybe a lot higher than your monsters yeah that's possible okay like we designed some areas that um uh, you we, we try to guide the players a bit like uh that uh certain areas should be explored a bit later than others but uh yeah we we didn't 
we, we still if if someone really wants to go to Sun Palace early, he can. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's sort of what happened to me. And uh, you know, I noticed that the the monsters there they were a couple levels higher than I was. So it was it was one of those situations like okay like I just I can't be here right now I have to come back a little bit later and and then I did and and things were were a bit more more manageable at that point so yeah going and and finding another path for a little bit getting some stronger monsters you know leveling up using your skill points uh, these were all things that when I came back a little bit later um, made things a little bit easier for me to progress through that area. So, um, so yeah, so just kind of going back to the, the tips that you gave before, those were, um, those are some fantastic tips. So anybody that's having trouble, go back and listen to that section. Um, that's all extremely great advice and, uh, you know, things that I, I sort of found out on my own. Um, but for anybody that maybe early on feels a little bit overwhelmed by the challenge, um, that's, that's a great piece to go back to and listen to i think um yeah actually i'm also someone who uh, can be quite stubborn in games like if i am like uh fighting against a boss uh, sometimes i can be quite stubborn and try to defeat him no matter what <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah sometimes it's uh, not the smartest way like <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, yeah, that was all, all really, all really helpful. Um, I would say, um, so is there anything, so there's a lot here. There's, there's a lot of areas to explore. There's a lot of really, uh, unique areas. There's, you know, obviously places I haven't even seen yet. So I'm sure there, there's even more. Was there any, um, any content or maybe even, uh, mechanics that you had originally designed for the game that did maybe didn't make the cut? Um, yeah, I mean, there are for sure a lot of ideas overall of, like, monsters that didn't make the cut, uh, like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if there are any areas, yeah, I actually, for example, for Sun Palace, originally, we planned to, that this would be, like, uh, called aqua palace and would be more like a uh, water based it it still has some water theme but mm -hmm. yeah not 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 oral but yeah it changed a bit also we had yeah actually now i remember we had uh, an area planned called crystal caverns that didn't make it into the game <laughs> but okay. yeah yeah I, I think it's quite natural that you you brainstorm ideas and not all of them make it into the mm -hmm. game okay uh so i i asked you a little bit earlier about your uh your your favorite monster in the game do you have a least favorite monster <laughs> uh maybe uh crystal snail i think i never used it <laughs> <laughs> I have one. I haven't used it yet myself. I did look through the, uh, you know, the skill tree for it a little bit, as I do with every monster that I collect. And uh, I'm actually a little surprised because it, it, it seems like it has a pretty good kit. I think the uh, maybe the issue I'm running into is that the, the team that I currently have assembled just feels um, uh, just just better, I guess, in my opinion, mm. um, where I haven't felt the need to add Crystal Snail into the group. Uh, it was a great design for a monster, though. I will say that. 
We do have some uh, update planned for Crystal Snail soon for okay. its skill tree. I think it will make it a bit more interesting. <laughs> okay, so uh, so there are plans to continue to update and and make improvements to the game. Yeah, sure. Like uh, we will uh, like for sure release balancing changes. Um, I mean, the game is quite difficult to balance overall because of how complex it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we do have uh, online PvP and just to keep the things fresh, we will uh, change monsters from time to time. And also we have some uh, features planned that, uh, like some features we promised in the Kickstarter that we didn't find time to have in the game yet uh, that we will release with updates. Also, something we think about maybe we release uh, like some content updates like like big, bigger content updates like DLCs but this is not decided yet it's, okay. it's a possibility but yeah not Very sure cool. yet yeah looking forward to that that sounds exciting so um I, I don't want to I don't want to keep you too long you have some other things to get to um so we'll kind of start wrapping things up with a, a, a few questions here. Um, so let's see here. So I, you know, do you have any, I, I know you were, we were kind of talking about, uh, you know, some updates you had for the game. Do you have any other projects in mind or are you just going to fo be focusing on, on Monster Sanctuary? Uh, yeah, uh, right now we are still quite occupied with Monster Sanctuary, but uh, we already have some idea for our next project. Uh, it will all again be a monster taming game, but uh, it won't be Monster Sanctuary 2. Okay. It's uh, actually Monster Sanctuary 2 is also a possibility we we're thinking about and uh, it's still possible that we will do it maybe at some point but yeah uh, as of right now we are looking into working on a slightly different monster taming game okay yeah looking forward to to that as well um so for anyone that's you know you you sort of made the jump from we we talked earlier about you sort of making the jump from working for different companies to sort of branching out and you know creating Moirai games and sort of you know doing your own project um just you know for those out there listening that you know love video games or maybe looking to uh get their foot in the door in the industry or or looking at creating their own game do you have any tips or advice you'd like to give anybody listening that are um, trying to create games for a living? Uh, I think the most important advice is actually just spend time doing, uh, trying to create games, creating games. Like, uh, you get better with practice, like, uh, this is the most important part, and uh, you really need to enjoy doing it to get better at it, to, like... If you like feel that you need to force yourself, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure it's difficult. You have really to enjoy doing it. Like, uh, you 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 will get better at it naturally, and it will help. Like you, when you when you apply to a company, 
if you have references you worked on, like if you spend time in your free time to work, then you will have something to show off. So yeah, don't feel like you're not talented enough, uh, because uh, most people who are good at something they just spend a lot of time getting uh, becoming good at it. Yeah, perfect, awesome. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, uh, so before we wrap up here, so again, uh, we've been talking about Monster Sanctuary. It's uh, you know released last month in December. Uh, it's on PC, Xbox, it's on Game Pass, it's on Switch, it's on PlayStation. So uh, pretty much anywhere you find games. Uh, is this on mobile by chance? No. No, not on mobile. Okay. So PC, all those consoles listed, tons of places you can get this game. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I, like I said, I've had a blast with it. Um, or I should say continuing to have a blast with it. I'll probably be playing it some more after we finish up here. Um, just because, you know, we've been talking about it now. I'm just, you know, I, I've got it on the brain and I'm excited to play some more. Um, so, so again, I, I thank you so much for, for being on the show here and, and doing this interview. It's, it's been so much fun. Um, where can, where can people follow you or, or your work? Is there anything you'd like to plug here? Uh, yeah, just, uh, um, Google for, uh, Monster Sanctuary. I post updates on uh, Twitter, uh, on Facebook. Uh, we have a Discord. We have like a really great community on Discord. Uh, yeah, you can uh, join any of those. Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. And I'm, I'll have to make all, sure I get all, in on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also wanted to thank you. Was uh, I enjoyed talking with you as well? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, thanks, thanks once more um, for those listening. You know, this is Games Are Fun podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. You can find the show um, on Twitter at Games Are Fun podcast. So, um, you know, just again, we're we're typically a weekly show. This is a a, a special episode we were doing for uh, Monster Sanctuary. You know, and, and just kind of um, focus on. Uh, indie games here uh, for this this episode and and hopefully we'll be doing some more um, you know bringing some more uh, uh, you know bringing a spotlight to indie games and and this was one that as I played it was like okay this has to be this has to be the first one <laughs> so um, but yeah typically a weekly show so for those of you um, either new new to to this for our discussion here or those that are returning. Um, you know, we thank you for for your support and listening. We're on all uh, all the major pro, uh, podcast services, um, so so make sure to check us out, give a review, um, or what have you. But um, yeah, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.